0: And welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce. And what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to establishedinthefaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into the program now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 1, dealing with verses 9 and 10. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice. As of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, under Pergamos, under Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. I want to use as a subject this morning, on the Isle of Patmos, but still in the kingdom on the Isle of Patmos, but still in the kingdom. Would you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, Lord, as I stand before this group of people here today, Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit. Lord, as I have studied your Word, it's time now to deliver this of which you've given unto me too. These that have gathered here today Lord I ask that you will not only anoint me But anoint them to hear To grasp and to better understand your word Lord I just pray today that we'll all be drawn closer to you And I'll ask it all in Jesus name And everyone said amen And amen John was the last Of the original 12 At the time that He wrote the book of Revelation. He was somewhere around 90 years of age. Tradition says that John, in his last year or so of his life, became so feeble, so weak that he couldn't even walk, and that the people would come and get him on a cot and they would bring him to church and they would place him up in front of the people and he would preach to the people and in the last few days of his life, weeks rather, he would direct his messages toward those years that he walked with the Lord. He walked with the Lord for some three and a half years and he would tell the people about the sermons he had heard, the great miracles that he had seen the Lord perform. And as the time drew nearer for him to pass on into the next world, I believe it became a little bit more real to him because he would make the statement, I'm the last one. There are no others. There's no one else alive now that has heard the Lord. There's no one else alive that saw the miracles. When I'm gone, that's it. Who's going to take my place? And of course, the answer to that is nobody. But John left us the gospel according to St. John, along with three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and this of which I've just read to you this morning, the great book of Revelation. John said here in this verse, verse 9, he said, I am your brother. And I don't want to spend too much time here, but... I feel like there is something that needs to be addressed. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you enter into the family of God, and your color of skin does not make any difference, none whatsoever. Let me tell you this morning, it is not a white man's gospel. It is not a black man's gospel. It is not a Hispanic gospel, but it is a gospel that is for the entirety of the human race. And I do not think it is appropriate for us to call or consider ourselves a white Christian or a black Christian or a Hispanic Christian Or a white church. Or a black church. Hello. And this denomination is one of the most segregated denominations there is. Is it right? Well they don't worship like we do. Well we don't worship like they do. Hey we're all worshiping the same God today. God's only looking for one thing. He doesn't care if you're black, white, purple, polka-dotted, or green. He don't care. He's only looking for one thing, and that is the red blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all He's looking for. When you stand before Him one day, it'll be the red blood of Jesus Christ that gets you in. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you're saved, you're my brother. You're my sister. Jesus said, whoever obeys the word of my father, does the will of my father the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. And John said, I am your brother. He also said there in verse 9, he said, I'm in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you're in the kingdom of God. But now, wait a minute. The kingdom of God has not yet been established on this earth. That will not happen until the second coming. That will not happen until the Lord actually sets His feet upon this earth. And that could be as little as seven years from right now. Well James, don't nobody know when Jesus is coming back, that's right. But if the rapture were to take place today some of you are still going to be sitting here looking around with where did and why am i still here <laughs> but when the lord comes at the rapture he will come in the air And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be called up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. After that, the Antichrist will come on the scene, and there'll be a seven-year tribulation period. And at the end of that, at the Battle of Armageddon, Jesus will come back, the second coming, and he's going to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. So if you're saved this morning, you're already in the kingdom, but that kingdom's not been established On this earth, just yet. It's coming in the near future. I said it's coming in the not too distant future. A time of prosperity like this world has never known before in all of its history. But now, you and I have got to endure some things. The Lord is using this present age, the time in which we now live, he's using it to test our loyalty to him. Depending on how we do now, we'll determine the rewards we get later or the loss thereof. But we've got to endure endure it with Patience, John said, I'm in mean, the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. He also said there in verse 9, he said, I'm also your companion in tribulation. This points to the fact that even at the time John was writing this, the church was going through a time of persecution by Rome new Roman emperor has come on the scene. His name is Domitian. When he comes to the throne, he makes it a law for everyone to call him master and God. And John refused to do this. Instead, he stood up for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And Domitian had him captured and in an effort to shut his mouth, put him on the island of Patmos. There's a teaching today. There are preachers that will tell you today, if you have enough faith, then you won't ever have any problems. If you have enough faith, you won't never have any problems. Oh, you need to have the faith that I've got. They'll tell you. Maybe the Lord should have revealed this to John on the Isle of Patmos because he was sure going through some trial and tribulation because he was on the Isle of Patmos. What was the Isle of Patmos? Patmos was a small, treeless, rocky island. It was about six miles wide, 10 miles long. It was about 37 miles off the coast of Asia Minor. The Romans took this island and they turned it into a prison camp. They would take the prisoners, the lowest of the low, and they would put them on this island. Put them out there busting up rocks. Toting them from here to there. And that's what John was doing. With no trees. No shade. Out in the hot sun all day. Busting up big rocks. Putting them into little rocks. Moving them from here to there. And. He was 90 years old doing that kind of labor. Now, think about that. Tell me that John won't going through some tribulation. And I know that old devil was only showing, if you just kept your mouth shut, you wouldn't be out here busting up rocks. But no, you've got to stand up for Jesus Christ. And really, that's what we all need to be doing. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. But when you do, you're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some tribulations. You're in the kingdom, but you're on Patmos Island. And I thank all of us have been there, you either are now or at some time in the future. You're going to Patmos Island, spiritually speaking. There's going to be some trials, there's going to be some tribulations, there's going to be some things that you don't want to do, there's going to be some things that you don't want to deal with. But it was on this island, and I want you to Get this, John was in the kingdom, he was on Patmos Island, Domitian was trying to shut his mouth, and God gave him one of the greatest revelations that the world has ever known, and it has spread the world ten times over for every generation from then up until now. Think about that trying to shut his mouth and God give him one of the greatest revelations that mankind has ever known. How is it that God can give such a blessing during such time of tribulation? How is it possible that God can, can give such a blessing during such a time of tribulation? I believe the answer is found in verse 10. And John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Two things I want to mention here. First of all, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day... The Lord's day is the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead because he had never sinned, not one time, in word, thought, or deed. He died on Calvary's cross because the perfect life he had lived made him fit to be the perfect sacrifice for all of mankind. And your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary's cross opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life. If you're saved this morning, you've got the Holy Ghost in you. I said if you're saved today, you've got the Holy Ghost in you. You've got the one in the very beginning that moved across the waters in the very beginning. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You've got the most powerful force in all the universe living inside your heart and life. The power of the Holy Ghost. Secondly, you got the Spirit. But has the Spirit got you? Oh, y'all mighty quiet in here this morning. (laughs) You got the Spirit, but has the Spirit got you? Are you controlling the Spirit, or is the Spirit controlling you? Paul said, quench not the Spirit of God. And I hate to say it this morning, but free will Baptist folks have become professionals at quenching the Spirit of God. What are you talking about, Brother James? How do I know if I'm quenching the Spirit? Let me ask this question. How dedicated to the Lord are you? How consecrated to the Lord are you? Have you disciplined yourself to the reading of God's Word and prayer on a daily basis? Do you allow yourself to be in an atmosphere that is conducive to the Holy Spirit? Think about what I've just said. Do you put yourself in an environment that is conducive to the Holy Spirit? Coming to church, yes, we understand that. But I'm talking about at home. Do you put yourself in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can work? Are you in a state of worship and praise to the Lord? There's no better way to be ushered into the presence of God than to have some good Gospel music by which you can worship and praise the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Do you turn on the radio and listen to secular music most of the time? Or do you turn on some good gospel singing? See, that's why we put the CDs at the back door. The gospel singings that we have. I know they're not much, but I can tell you this. It's better than anything this world's got to offer. And how often do you put yourself in an environment that's conducive to the Holy Spirit? See, John had it bad. John's situation was bad. He was on the Isle of Patmos. He didn't even have fellow Christians and brothers that he could talk to. He didn't even have a church that he could go to. He didn't have CDs. He didn't have a CD player. He didn't have a cell phone where he could call somebody else and talk to them and get an encouraging word. He didn't even have the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, to go to. But yet John was able to say, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And you and I, there's gospel preaching on the TV every time you turn it on. There's something on the radio where you can get into the presence of God. We've got the Word of God. I've got five Bibles at the house that I can pick up and read in any room of the house I want to. And yet we don't take advantage of God's Word. We don't take advantage of of what God has blessed us with and given us with. Instead, we're spending too much time watching TV and America's Got Talent and all the other trash and filth that the devil's got to offer. Paul said, redeem the time because the day is drawing near. John... Going through this trial and tribulation on Patmos. Was able to say I was in the spirit. On the Lord's day. And you and I today got all the blessings of God we can handle. And we don't take advantage of it. There's no excuse for God's people to not be in the spirit. John said, I was in the spirit. He said, I heard behind me. He said, I heard behind me a great voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I'll lead them. And John said he heard the Lord's voice. So that means he was following the Lord. If you're following the Lord, that means he's in front of you. But wait a minute. John said, I heard behind me. A great voice. <laughs> Not only is Jesus in front of him. But he's got Jesus behind him. Well, glory. Glory. He's all wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus. And we need more of God's people to get wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus instead of getting wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the things of this world. He said he heard a voice behind him. Mmm, good grace and mercy. Jesus had his back. (laughs) And Jesus has got your back. That is, if you're following him. Now, he said, I heard a great voice. A loud voice. His voice was louder than mine. Somebody told me I had a loud voice. I don't know. Don't answer that. I worked in a place one time where the machinery was so loud in there you could holler loud as you wanted to and people couldn't hear you. It's just that loud. Some of you have worked in some places like that. But you see, it does not matter how loud a person's voice is, it's only as loud as the environment that it's in. Think about that for just a moment. A person's voice is only as loud as the environment that it's in. The Lord can have a loud voice, but if the flesh is too loud... If you've put yourself in a worldly environment listening to, and looking at, and hanging around, you're in a worldly environment that's so loud it drowns out the voice of the Lord. So can you hear his voice? His voice is as distinct as a trumpet John said, I heard a great voice, like the sound of a trumpet. And there's some of you, you've heard his voice, but you've turned a deaf ear to it. You're saved, you're in the kingdom, you're on Patmos. You're going through a trial or you're going through a tribulation and you've let that thing allow you to get bitter toward God. You're blaming God for the mess that you're in. You can't hear His voice. Because you've got a problem with God. His voice is as distinct as a trumpet. And I'm going to tell you something. If you keep denying God's voice, if you keep turning a deaf ear... To God's voice. When the trump of God sounds, honey, you ain't going to hear it. You ain't going. Because that bitterness and that anger and that mess that you're allowing to harbor up in your heart, that anger towards somebody else, that unforgiveness in your heart has caused you to become lukewarm. And Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, honey, when the rapture takes place, you ain't going. You're going to be left right here to go through seven years of hell on earth. I'm not finished with my message, but the Lord has said close. I've got a question for you this morning. Are you in the kingdom of God?